0: Planning a trip to one of the great national parks? LL Bean went to the experts at the National Park Foundation to get the inside scoop on which parks are the best to visit in each season. Whether you're looking for outstanding scenery, smaller crowds, or unique activities, LL Bean be an outsider. To check out the full list of recommendations, visit llbean.com/slash/explore. <laughs> Schedule. He is Rod, I am Cameron. And Michigan State sneaks out of College Park with a 65-63 to 63 win. Uh, and Rod, this was kind of a game of runs. Michigan State gets out to a 10-5 lead. Uh, Maryland claws back into it. And then they, they stretch it out to uh, 10 at halftime. And then it gets all the way to 15 coming out of the half. And then Maryland just slowly claws their way back into it and ties this thing up. And um, Malik Hall down the stretch. Kind of becomes the go-to guy, and got in there and scored to win it.
1: Well, I, mean, I think he was actually. It's I, I disagreed with some of Robbie Hummel tonight, and I think he's normal. I think he is a a very good you know up upper tier um, color guy. I, I yeah. didn't think he was consistently great tonight, but I'll tell you what. One thing I think he was absolutely right about is that Malik Hall was consistently tonight the best player on the floor for Michigan State. And that's been true a lot this year, you know, Mm -hmm. not the first time, right? So, uh, yeah, what a a great take. I mean, they had, you know, it's funny, they had options because if you look at it off that screen and roll, Markey was there. Now, Tyson Walker's got to be able to see that. At his size, that's not an easy thing to do, but there was, in my opinion, there was a lob there to Markie. Um, but they didn't get that. Instead, they, they swing the ball over to Malik, and he sizes up Scott, drove him, and somehow finished that thing through Scott, and then they had Reese coming in behind him, just missed the block. Um, hell of a finish, and and look, this is what we, we talked about um, on a couple fronts in the preview, you know, Maryland as a team has obviously had a poor season. There's no debating that. And Mm. oftentimes they look like what their record says. They are a bad team, but every third or fourth game, Maryland can look like something closer to what we expected in the preseason when I think most people thought they were a tournament team.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and maybe even a dark horse, big 10, uh, title contender. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not ready to say that they played spectacularly tonight. I think a lot of it was – well, some of it was Michigan State. Some of it was the, the way that um, the game was officiated. And I'm, I'm not even talking about, you know, quote-unquote bad calls. I just mean the way it was officiated, mm-hmm. um, which creates a problem for you when a team plays the way Maryland does. And by the way, as a side note, I cannot wait – until Maryland makes another coaching hire, and the odds are whomever they bring in is not going to play this way, because I'm sick and tired of watching it. <laughs> After however many years in the Big Ten, that said so they've been in the Big Ten. What is it now? Probably eight years, seven years. Mm-hmm. I, I'm tired of it. I've I've had enough. It's ugly. Um, it's it's aesthetically uh, unpleasing to watch. I'm talking about objectively. Forget. Michigan State playing against them, winning and losing all that stuff. Mm. This is an ugly brand of basketball. Who the hell wants to watch that? yeah, you know, uh so that that's my my hope whomever they hire, just don't just hire somebody that's gonna play the game differently mm-hmm. um but anyway, and some of it was Michigan State not playing very well in the second half. Mm. um I thought, so all of those things you know, led to this being very, very competitive. And then on top of that, as we've talked about, and everybody listening to this should know by now, you go on the road in the Big Ten, I mean, unless you have one of an isolated number of games over the years, you know, and this year it would be Nebraska. You go into Nebraska, you still figure you ought to win pretty easily. Yeah. Other than that, it's, this is this is life in the Big Ten. I mean, it is. Boy, that crowd was
0: obnoxious.
1: Yeah, that Uh, was. They were livelier than I expected because I've seen them. I saw their crowd when they whipped Illinois, and it was. And and they played well. I mean, they blew Illinois out late. They they beat a a title contender, and mm -hmm. that crowd was dead by comparison to tonight. I don't know what got them going, but it was. Yeah, it was closer because I had. I think we talked about that in the preview that it. Don't expect what you normally see in that building, because normally it's a tough environment. Mm -hmm. Well, tonight I think we actually had closer to what the usual deal is. Yeah. Um, But, hey, look, all that aside, all's well that ends well, and Michigan State got themselves a win, and that's the only objective at this point that really matters most. I mean, you want to play, obviously – talk about this too you want to keep playing better that's that's at least as important as just getting wins but you know when you're in the heat of a game (laughs) you (laughs) kind of forget about that stuff like just win baby yeah turn into al davis (laughs) so that's that's kind of where i'm at i mean i think there are definitely some things that uh didn't go their way but but maryland is such a it's such a weird game against them in so many ways. Unlike any game you play against any other opponent, you know, just because of the way they play their personnel. It's, I I don't know how much I take away from it. I'm not, I'm not down about this. I just, you know, get the win, move on. Yeah. (laughs) See what happens on Saturday.
0: You know, it was interesting with that last call, um, how they called the timeout. And then they, when they came back out, they set the play up. And it, yeah. was, it was basically the same play that they won that game on. And I'm drawing a blank on who it was. But it was a Walker to Bingham lob that, that, win, that yeah. won it at the
1: end. Who and, was, that? was that? Was that UConn or Loyola? Uh, there haven't been that many tight games. That's the thing. Yeah. And I was thinking about that down the stretch where, you know, the games that have been tight certainly the recent ones, they've found a way to not win. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of their wins have not been particularly close, but the games, it must have been, it must have been one of those games. I just can't think of what one it was. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, but, but I think, you know, I watching the huddle and be interested to see, as as some of you know, we record these things immediately after the game's over. So we don't have the benefit of seeing Tom as post game press conference, from what I could see, it looked to me like Mark Montgomery was the guy that was adamantly calling for that. You mm. could see by the, by his, his body language, by his hand motions, he was talking about running a pick and roll. So I have a feeling that that play call might've been his, he might've seen something that he thought was going to create an option. Now, I didn't end up creating an option from those two guys, but, you know, you can maybe say it cleared space. It gave, with the ball swinging, there was then a lane for Malik Hall. And I think Robbie Hummel it, mentioned, you know, that, that action, maybe Bingham rolling got just enough of Dante Scott mm-hmm. to maybe give Malik the angle. So yeah, I wonder if, that,
0: if, if if they were almost baiting them into to really thinking that's what they were going to do, the lob to Bingham, and that was enough maybe. to... But, but also, what did you think about the defensive setup on the play previous to that, where they had uh, uh, Malik Hall at the five? They had um, Aikens
1: out there. I mean, this really, really small. Well, line. this is part of what but this is part of what um, I mentioned The I don't know how much you take from this game, because Maryland does so many things that you don't really see from other people. Mm. Maryland, despite the fact that they've got two legitimately sized fives in Wahab and Reese, they went with uh, Scott at the five a lot in the second half. So Michigan State was doing, you know, they went with that conventional small ball lineup we've seen for a while with Joey until I think they figured that just wasn't going to work in this game defensively. Uh, And then you're right. There were lineups down the stretch where Malik was the five. I think they were matching up to what Maryland was throwing out there. I'd have to go Mm -hmm. back and look and see exactly what Maryland's personnel was. But I'm ninety nine percent sure Dante Scott was the five. So that means you're going to be talking about Dante Scott and then basically, you know, four guards. They brought Reese in for that last defensive possession when Michigan state brought Bainham in that he was not in there on Maryland's last offensive possession. Mm -hmm. So they were going small and Michigan state countered. And, you know, I think in in retrospect, you, you feel pretty good about what they did. I mean, I thought they defended very well down the stretch after they had some problems for much of the second half. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really a tale of two halves because I thought the dribble containment in the first half was outstanding. And then in the second half, you know, maybe there's some of Maryland kind of redoubling their efforts to just go hard to the rim. So it might have been some of that. But I also think Michigan State just wasn't quite as good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were good when they needed to be to win this thing. Yeah, they got, you know, those, and now I'm I'm maybe missing something here. Did did Michigan State was that? I'm trying to remember. They definitely at 61. What was the second to last bucket they scored? Was yeah. that were those free throws? Before uh, I believe me, Malik Hall free throws. Okay, so I'm Let pulling up. up um, this is yeah. Hold on, I got it right this here. Let's good. see. It's uh,
0: Malik Hall two point layup. They were.
1: Yeah, free throws from Malik Hall. Okay, so that Malik Hall bucket for the winner was the first field goal they scored in close to seven, the last seven minutes of the
0: game. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's what I was it, trying to figure out. It had been a while. Yeah, a long time, and you know, again, some of that was Maryland playing well defensively. I'll give them credit. Some of it was Michigan State not playing well offensively. I thought, I thought they. <sighs> The frustrating thing to me, the most frustrating thing in this game, I think, and it's something they're going to have to address. I've been saying this for a long time, but they're really going to have to. they got to get Tyson Walker to be willing to pull the trigger because yeah. when he doesn't, it, and a team is defending them that way, it just bogs everything down. Mm-hmm. You have to make them pay, and he's a good enough shooter that he can do that. I'm okay with him taking some shots and missing mm-hmm. because he's, I think he's going to hit enough but he's got to be willing to pull the trigger that's a that's a real that's a real problem but some of it was all of that and then and then i think some of it was um, the, the the nature of that game all the foul calls and you know teams parading to the free throw line mm-hmm. you know so yeah some of it definitely was on michigan state but some of it was on the way the game was called and you know and again it's it's not that I'm moaning about all oh, there were these obvious missed calls. I think there were some, but there always are. It's more the nature of the way they're calling it, and to me when a team plays the the quote unquote style, I hesitate to even dignify it by calling it that, but when they play the style that Maryland has for all these years and still do mm. it it puts you. As an official, I think squarely in the crosshairs. Because in my mind, it says, "Are you going to reward this shit? Yeah. Or are you going to are you going to have let guys play basketball?" And I think the answer tonight, in the second half particularly, was, "We're going to reward this shit," and and that's what you saw. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 just ugly, ugly, ugly to watch. As as a even if you could be a neutral observer watching them. Um, I think that's the inescapable conclusion that you have to reach. Mm-hmm. And uh, who wants that? <laughs> I mean, to me, it's even other, you know, people used to moan and groan about how Wisconsin was like, you know, watching, especially a peak Bo Ryan was like, you know, watching paint dry. And, and I'm sympathetic to that. And Wisconsin used to do some baiting into, you know, foul advantages, too. But it wasn't mm-hmm. like this. There were still things about the way Wisconsin played the game that I could appreciate aesthetically. Yeah. This is just, it's just ugly to watch. It, and, and the shame of it is that if you go back over their entire run of the Big Ten, even I would argue, including this year, the, the quote unquote talent level, what people most, mostly mean by talent, which is usually athleticism and ball skills. So uh, the athletes you got and the, the guys who have an ability to hit a shot, make a pass, all that. Mm-hmm. Their talent level should have allowed them to play a style that would have been so much more fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And it just hasn't been They're They're a fun killing program. That's what they've been. Yeah. They weren't that under Gary Williams. They, they have been that for a while now. And hopefully we're going to see a sea change with a new regime in there. Mm-hmm. That's one can hope. So, and you give credit
0: to Michigan State on the free throws. I mean, fourteen for fifteen for ninety-three yep. percent. They yep. probably don't get out of here with a win if they shoot seventy. They don't,
1: you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I think the other the other part of that is look at the guys that were hitting them. It wasn't it wasn't Gabe Brown. It wasn't Max Christie, Tyson Walker necessarily who you know are, okay, these guys are knockdown shooters. It was Julius Marble stepping on the line and hitting two big ones late, right? Malik Hall, who's a decent free throw shooter, but we've seen him have some issues late Mm -hmm. in games lately, Uh, and he was big. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, every one of those was huge in the end, obviously, when you're talking about a two-point game. And, you know, when you go on the road and you hit them like that, You've you've done the job, you know. They did what they needed to do yeah. in that phase of the game.
0: Uh so you look at the players in this one. Bingham seventeen minutes, ten points, six rebounds, hit two three pointers, uh two for two from the line, uh two turnovers, had a little bit of foul trouble throughout this one, four
1: fouls. Yeah, was a weird it was a weird game. Um again, Maryland spent good portions of that second half going small so they really I understand why they did what they did um, in in choosing to match them and uh, you know Marky trying to cover Dante Scott I think he can do it but that's not your optimal matchup Mm -hmm. you've got better options for that and so it was the right move and so some of that kept Marky the floor. a little surprising he didn't have any blocks and I thought you know it really didn't have the defensive presence that we've come to expect but Listen, you, you, the, the 10 points were big, uh, two for two on threes. And then you just you knew that after that second one, he hit and then the next possession down. Yeah, that was another big <laughs> moment. You know, there were moments like that. Where you're like, God, the shot selection, which is not normally something I, I find myself complaining about. But that was a big moment. They'd gotten the lead back out to seven and they get the ball on his three and they get the ball back. And you just knew when it got swung to him. At least I did. He's going up with this, and it it wasn't that it's not a a shot he can't hit, but it's not the optimal shot in that on that possession at that time. It it came pretty quick in the possession, and I just, I yeah, it was like (laughs) a heat check deal. Yeah, absolutely, it was. And you know, you and he was also the other thing about it is when he took it. I don't know if you saw Marcus visibly had sweat dripping from him. He was kind of gassed too. Mm. And and that factors into it. Like, don't take a shot in that spot when you're tired, maybe. And, and when you really, a bucket could be very, very meaningful. You know, you get a good shot, you got a chance to take it up to nine or ten. Mm-hmm. And, and that would have been big. I think that might have been a moment that could have pushed Maryland over the edge. But every time there were those inflection points, Michigan State, it seemed to me would take a bad shot, make a defensive mistake. You know, there were just enough problems that had allowed Maryland to hang around and hang around and hang around. And, you know, I don't think it was exactly the same kind of game by any means, but it Benetti who did the play by play in this one did make, I think a a generally salient point, Maryland kind of did to Michigan state what Michigan state did to Illinois. Mm-hmm. And the result was similar too. Yeah. You know, very tight loss. Um, you know, Michigan State, if you remember, in that game held Illinois scoreless for the last 5:30. Now Maryland didn't keep Michigan State scoreless, but as we said, they didn't get a field goal for close to the last 7 minutes of that game. Mm-hmm. They definitely limited Michigan State scoring. So, it was similar in a lot of ways and then, you know, a similar outcome in the end too that uh, the team that was down couldn't quite get all the way over the hump.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see, Joey, 10 points, five rebounds, two assists,
1: uh, four for five from the floor, two for two for three, a couple steals. Yeah. I, you know, he had moments in this game, obviously, like that run early in the second half where they blew it out to 15 where he was really engaged. I mean, he hit the three. Um, he had tip a couple tip-ins. Yeah. In this game, he was active. Um, Just, you know, the thing that was a little, I don't hold too much against him because these were tough covers for him, but he didn't hold up as well defensively in this game. I think in a small ball lineup as he did say against Michigan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, some of that was, yeah, look, Dante Scott, I spent a lot of time talking about him in the preview. And I think this game for the most part bore out why, I felt that way. Uh, What did he end up with? So he had 14 points Now his field goal percentage wasn't great, but he was a problem and he's a problem even for somebody like Joey, because, you know, he's, Joey's gotten better defensively. I don't think there's any question about that, but a guy who's as mobile and as good facing up going off the dribble and yet as strong at the same time as Scott Mm. is, that's going to pose problems for a lot of people. And Mm. I just, I didn't think the second half defensively was quite where we've seen Joey in some other games recently, but overall, you know, they needed him. He he did some important things.
0: Yeah. Uh, Gabe, another tough game for Gabe, five points, one rebound, one for seven, one for three from three or one from five or one for five from three. Yeah.
1: A steal. They, they pointed out, in the broadcast and they're absolutely right. And it's not just this game. It's been recently something's something's up with his shot, his jumper. It's coming off very, very flat. And sometimes even the ones he's making are flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's something that they look, I, I have been saying for a couple of weeks, Hey, Gabe's going to bust out a five for seven on somebody. And I still, obviously we've all seen him shoot for four years. We know this is not who he is, but even good shooters, sometimes it gets in your head. So they need—I would really like to see in New Jersey on Saturday, Gabe Brown have a breakout game because I think he needs it for his confidence and this team needs it. They need him to be the guy that he's been most of this season because they're not—they're not getting that right now. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes
0: I know Gabe's not the. That doesn't bother him one for five, but uh, if if it's not falling, he he's shown the ability to drive to the rim at times, and you know they're overplaying yep. him. So, yep. and I just don't yep. feel like we've seen that uh, t- him attempt that very much lately.
1: No, no, we haven't. You're right about that, and and that would you know we saw that to open the second half for Max Christie. Right, mm-hmm. the yeah. jumpers weren't falling, so Max goes down the baseline, goes right to the rim, and throws it down. You know, that's the kind of play you want to see more of coming from game. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, Chris, and you mentioned Christie, seven points, two assists, um, one block. Uh, really the perimeter in general just kind of struggled in this one.
1: Yeah, he didn't. He certainly didn't follow up offensively. You know, I I, I would say this. You can certainly question the fouls. And I think the dribble penetration was not great in the second half, but I look at Maryland's two primary guards, Eric Ayala and Fats Russell. They were combined eight for 24 from the floor. Mm -hmm. They were three for 11 from three. Russell didn't attempt a free throw, which that's something. Ayala was six for seven. Um, I, I think that overall, those numbers suggests that you had a pretty decent day defensively i thought they were better down the stretch there were definitely um segments in the second half where i thought michigan state's perimeter defense kind of flagged a little bit but um for the most part you know there was one play where ayala took max into the paint and just kind of muscled it through him yeah and 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 got a got a three-point play um other than that I don't think he got taken advantage of very much. Mm -hmm. So I give Max credit for at least hanging in there and, and doing the job defensively, which has been uh, his calling card for most of the season, even when the offensive game hasn't been flowing the way he'd like to see it. Um, He's, he's done some of that. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Tyson, seven points, three rebounds, two assists, um, three steals to one turn. Yeah
1: he was he was active defensively i think he was really good defensively actually i mean fats russell what did he end up with so he ended up with 10 points which is below his season average um he did hit a couple threes and one of them you could maybe put on tyson he kind of got caught on a he got caught in no man's land and this this was a second half play mm-hmm. where they tied the game if i remember correctly on the shot because the ball went into Scott in the post and it looked like he was going to dig, but he didn't, he didn't really get there to disrupt Scott at all, but he was far enough away from Russell that Russell had an open look. Now Russell's really struggled shooting the threes, basically a 30% shooter this year. So even wide open, it's not necessarily something you're killing yourself over, but that, that was the one moment where I didn't think Tyson was as good defensively, but man, uh, other than that, I thought he guarded pretty well. Mm-hmm. And Russell's a tough guy. You know, look, that was one area where A.J., who's been pretty good defensively this year, clearly was not up to it. Russell had one play where he just blew by A.J. on the baseline. And, and Russell's extreme. I mean, you're talking about an upper-tier guy in terms of his quickness. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets wild and he makes bad decisions and all that, but his athleticism is for real. And um, they needed Tyson. In this game and I think that Tyson although offensively you look at the numbers it doesn't tell a great story I think he gave them he certainly gave him more than AJ did at that end
0: yes yeah, sure.
1: and uh and that was important you know they needed they needed him to I'm surprised he only had two assists because it felt to me watching that game that he had more than that but um, regardless two of eight from the floor but you know a couple of those misses were the result of great penetration which gave good easy offensive rebound putbacks yeah. for Michigan State so it wasn't all bad even though he did. I I used to say that about Kalen Lucas that you know one of the best things best plays Michigan State has is Kalen Lucas going to the rim because he's either going to score he's going to get fouled or he's going to miss a shot but draw so much attention that it allows for an easy putback mm-hmm. and uh and that was kind of Tyson Walker in this game The big criticism, though, is one that we've talked about all year, really. And we talked about it. uh, They talked about it on the broadcast. If teams are going to play him the way they are, you know, it's one thing if they're going under. And and it's funny. This was the first time that I think we've seen somebody do to A.J. Hogard. What we've talked about, you remember in that last game, against Michigan. talked about how. I don't know why nobody's given him the tum-tum treatment. Well, Uh Maryland did. And to AJ's credit, he didn't take a lot of bad shots. I think he took one I didn't like. Other than that, he kind of stayed restrained. But they're kind of playing, Maryland was at least, playing Tyson Walker similarly. He He can't not take those shots. He has to be willing to pull the trigger. And it's... You know we're this deep in the season. It's a. It's probably going to be a tough thing to change, but it's got to, Mm -hmm. because when he doesn't do that, it just makes it too tough to run your half court offense efficiently, because you're you've got you first of all you're you're killing time on the clock, but then in addition to that, you're keeping everything congested in the lane. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have driving lanes. You don't have post-up opportunities. You know, those things are – it's it's just – it's a tough way to live. He's just got to be willing, I think, to take that shot off the dribble, take that jumper off the dribble, um, and, you know, and, and live with the results. He may miss some. You know, he will. He'll miss mm-hmm. some shots. But you've got to be willing to take them. I mean, I think it just does you – it does way too much uh, – in the way of, of negative uh, leading to negative outcomes. If you don't. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be my main criticism of Tyson coming out of this game, but he did do some good things defensively and he gave him enough on offense that I think he helped. And he was definitely the better of the two options tonight. No question about that. Yeah. Uh, And then Malik
0: Hall player of the game, 24 minutes, 16 points and four rebounds, six for 12 from the floor, hit a three,
1: yeah, I he mean, did it but, all
0: tonight.
1: yeah, it made the play of the game, obviously, which I think was the right call. You know, if 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 you're going to put it on one guy's shoulder to say, go make a play in that situation, it's it's probably, you know, it's not Gabe. It's probably not Max at this point. It's it's Malik. Mm-hmm. And so they made the right decision. Ultimately, the ball got to the right guy. And he went and just made a play. I mean, sometimes the game is as simple as that. Here it is. Go get a bucket. (laughs) And and he is their guy more than anybody else on this team who has the ability to just go manufacture a basket. Mm. I mean, they don't have anybody else with his tools. And there aren't that many guys with his tools anywhere in the conference. I mean, or the country for that matter. I mean, I really do think that we, I know we had that discussion coming out of the Michigan game that I, I maintain there is a first team, all big 10 player in Malik Hall, whether he gets there next year, because it's not going to happen this year, whether he gets there next year or not remains to be seen, but he has all the tools necessary Mm -hmm. to do that. And what is good, I think about this one too, is, you know, let's not forget that Illinois game, um, he had the chance at the line and yeah. didn't come through tonight. They put the ball in his hands and he goes and makes the play. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a, that's a big moment for a guy who really, and, and he admitted it, there was an interview I saw with him within the last few days where he said that, you know, even in high school, and I think by that, he met his time at sunrise Christian where he was, you know, you're if you're in that program, you're always playing with a bunch of great players around you. You know, it's from a talent level. It's kind of like playing at a high, a good high major program. You're surrounded by a lot of good players. And he said, even going back there, he's never been the guy who had his number called in those situations. And so he's starting to feel like he's growing into that. Well, I I think this is very much a step in the right direction and he should be that guy. Mm -hmm. I think he should be that guy down the stretch this season And then when you start thinking about next year, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He is that player, regardless of who else comes back. Mm -hmm. You know, he's the guy. (laughs) So, um, yeah, really, just a a really, really good game for him and a tough game because, you know, Maryland was really physical with him around the basket. Yeah. And I didn't think he got the benefit of the doubt that maybe he should have on a couple of those. Um, But, you know, be that as it may. (laughs) um uh, but yeah he stepped up and made the play when they needed it
0: uh and then jay nakins 24 minutes in this
1: one four points two yeah.
0: rebounds two for four from the floor two steals he was impactful
1: he, he was good he was good i mean they called it out in the broadcast of course you know his activity as as a as a rebounder i mean where they credited him with two rebounds but I think he had even more of an impact than that by keeping a couple of other balls alive. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I thought defensively he held up very well in this game. Um, Yeah. He had two steals um, and, you know, went out and hit a couple shots, Mm -hmm. you know, the one, one obviously was a, um, was a goaltending call, but still that was, that was really good because again, it was another energy play where he got the ball in transition and God knows one thing I got to credit Maryland with, and I did not see coming, they did a great job in limiting Michigan State's transition game, so there yeah. just were not a lot of those moments, and to get one like that, basically because Jaden made it happen, that was big. Mm. so yeah, really, really, really good game from him i was I was very happy to see that. I mean, yeah, Michigan State, it's funny, they didn't credit him with a bucket on that one. zero fast break points in this game. Wow. <laughs> according to the stats. And and you know normally I say eh, that's a number I don't put a lot of trust in it doesn't really tell you as much as doesn't tell you the accurate picture of what the flow of the game was like in terms of transition play in this game I think it tells you the right story. Yeah.
0: Uh AJ 15 minutes didn't score in this one two rebounds, three assists uh to two turnovers and a steal.
1: Yeah, just you know look I'm um, I am certainly willing to admit that he has become a much better player than I thought he would. You know, I didn't think he. Was, and it was interesting to I me. Mean, I was listening to another podcast. I was listening to the podcast that uh, Brendan Quinn from the athletic and um, the uh, U of M hoops guy do. Oh, and yeah. Brendan Quinn talked about something that I heard was the case. Which is at the end of last season, the expectation within the Michigan State program was that AJ was going to leave, that he was going to transfer out. Um, you know, and Tyson Walker coming in relatively quickly didn't do a lot to quell that. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why, because he didn't show anything that suggested that he was going to be up to the level required. He didn't. I know there are people. That, and and good for them i can't you know i can't definitively um i can't say that they were ended up being proven wrong there were people last year who kept saying oh you got to give him time he's showing flashes i didn't see flashes i didn't see the things that you you typically need to show as a point guard at the big 10 level to be effective i didn't see it Um, To me, the positive plays he made were plays where he would occasionally bowl his way to the rim and finish, and that is not a winning combination Mm -hmm. if you can't do other things. To his credit, he decided to stick it out. He made improvements in his body, and he clearly made improvements in his game. And I think one thing that has shown through this year that was not in evidence last year because Michigan State just didn't get into transition very often, period yeah is that he can be a really he is a really good high level transition point guard mm-hmm. he just didn't you didn't see it last year because they weren't in transition, yeah, well, they have been a lot more this year, and that tends to be when a j if you look at it the the very very good games that he plays. Michigan being the latest case in point, Michigan state lived in transition a lot. Yeah. So maybe it's not an accident that he had a very good game because they were in transition. You look at tonight, they were not able to get into transition. He did not have a good game. He struggled. I, you know, um, even on plays like he had a lob set up. I think it was Gabe. Yeah. He had somebody. Yeah. And he threw it about, you know, Gabe would have needed to be 13 feet tall to come down with that one. That's okay. Mistakes happen. It's not the end of the world, but I do think tonight is illustrative of the fact that you shouldn't be so quick to assume that AJ has got it all figured out because he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, He has been inconsistent (laughs) as has Tyson Walker. The good news is for the most part, they have gotten enough play from one or the other of them to get the job done. Tonight was not a great night for Tyson, but it was good enough. He was good defensively. He did enough running their offense when they needed it, and he provided enough offense on his own that it was enough to get the win. Um, but A.J. just, I mean, I, I mentioned defensively, man, it, this is a bad matchup for him. Yeah. Right. Now, other games were his physicality can play in that's that's a good thing you know he can he can help you defensively there and he's been much better defensively than i ever thought he'd be Mm. but um there are nights like this one where he's just not physically going to have the tools to do what you need him to do i think if he had had to play major major minutes like 30 minutes in a game like this i think it would have been a problem because i I think fats russell would have gotten a lot more done
0: yeah
1: um But, you know, again, I'm not burying A.J. either. I fully expect that he's got every chance. I think Rutgers will make it tough on him because I think they, too, will do everything they can to sell out keeping Michigan State out of transition. So I think it doesn't doesn't set up as well for A.J., but he has been better lately at times in the half court. So he's entirely capable of bouncing back and having a really solid game on Saturday. And I would like him to, because that will give Michigan state a better chance of winning. Mm -hmm. But I just, I hope that the people who start, you know, puffing their chests like, "Ah, I got this one, right? Well, kind of he's better than anybody thought he was going to, or most informed people thought he was going to be, but it's not the full picture yet, you know? And I guarantee you, Tom Izzo, he, he, he said it this week. He said it well this week. He said it yesterday um, that he was really hesitant to praise AJ too much coming out of Michigan because when he's done that before this year, it's tended to, to go the other way the mm-hmm. next game. Well, what'd you see tonight? So he needs to bounce back. I'm sure he will. Um, but this was, yeah, not, not a great night.
0: Uh Julius Marble, nine minutes, six points, two for three from the floor, hit a couple free throws. I uh, got into yeah. some foul trouble though. He wanted to find one
1: out. He he did, but man, there <clears> were <throat> there were a couple of moments. Um, the the biggest one to me was he had a defensive rebound down the stretch just before he fouled out. Oh yeah, yeah. Which was maybe the the best rebound i've ever seen him grab because it was pure strength he had i don't know if it was scott i think it was scott he was holding off with one arm and he just snatched that thing it was the kind of thing that we haven't seen enough of over the years out of julius Mm. so you know not not a huge amount of minutes but he was impactful when he played tonight i liked his game tonight and Mm. you know i've been i've been certainly willing to criticize him at other times but i I liked his game tonight when he had the opportunity to play. I thought he made some plays mm-hmm. uh and
0: Mahty got in there for five minutes. uh not much doing, just an assist, a block
1: he had a nice block though yeah, a that help, was a a help good. block yeah, um you know th- look <laughs> tonight they had to because of the foul trouble they had to play him, but they've been doing this regularly anyway, where they're rolling him out there. And giving him opportunities, and, you know, I I think we're not likely to see it stop, you know. They are trying still to find a way to get him to be um, more of a solid, reliable option, Mm -hmm. you know. And it it hasn't all clicked yet, but they're going to keep rolling him out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, just... Getting fouls on guys. I mean, <laughs> it, it, well, this this is a game where they actually need
1: them. I mean, Marvel you fouled raise, out. raise a good yeah. You raise a good four. point. There's there's two sides to that. There's guys in foul trouble. It is nice that you have a body who is at least big and athletic enough to not look out of place in a Big Ten game as your third string center. Not every yeah. team has that. Uh, the other thing is there are going to be games. Illinois at home, Purdue at home, maybe Ohio State, where just even not just having him available to play in case there's foul trouble, but having him to use to take fouls, meaning that you've got him playing physically against a guy who's a problem inside, and if he gets a foul, okay. You know, that they have that option. They can roll him out there. They did that with him a little bit last year, if you remember. Uh-huh. You know, um, we haven't seen them necessarily use it as much this year, but I think that's because other than Hunter Dickinson, we really haven't seen the highest end of Big Ten big men yet. We're going to. you know, We're going to see Illinois with Coburn, and then you're going to see Purdue, and you're going to see Ohio State. So there's three games at least where I think that could come into play where you might say – Hey, Monty, just go out there and just bang the shit out of this guy. <laughs> yeah. And if you get called for a foul, so be it. Mm. But just be physical with him, you know. And they have that option because, again, you're not worried about him picking up fouls, right? You know, you can live with it. So. All right, so uh, we get into the keys. And... Well, the one Pierre Brooks. Oh, Pierre Brooks was in, in two, the first half,
0: two minutes, yeah, two
1: minutes, and Izzo kind of telegraphed that was coming. There was a comment. There was a question at his post-Michigan presser about, as as to be expected, because there's always a less informed contingent out there, even within the media, maybe especially within the media. Um, someone asking about Keon Coleman getting more minutes, and Izzo was care I mean, he really he he walked the line nicely because he said, "Look, no, there's no plans for that." Kid doesn't look like a fish out of water in practice, which, okay, that's maybe to be expected. Um, But he then went, used that to talk about how Pierre Brooks has been playing better and better in practice and they need to find ways to get him some minutes. So I think that was what they did tonight. And it was a short stint, but he was fine. Mm -hmm. He didn't really, he didn't do anything um, statistically, but I thought he, he didn't look out of place. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully – and I, I look, I'm a big Pierre Brooks fan. I mean, I don't hide it. This is a kid that I, I still believe – I know he hasn't impacted much this year, but I still firmly believe there is going to be a time where he is a very productive player for Michigan State.
0: Mm.
1: I just I, – I, I saw enough of him in high school and AAU to know that he's got the tools. Um, he's got the body. He's got the tools. He's got better athleticism than I think people realized. Uh, and I think it is going to come together for him at some point, you know, right now it's just hard when you look at a game like this. I mean, where were the, where were the points that you would say, okay, let's roll Pierre out there. There just weren't a lot of those opportunities, you know, um, and it's, it's what the real shame was, I think this year, as opposed to a lot of other years in, Michigan state not having more of those December bye games that they used to have. Yeah. The Houston you know?
0: Baptist deals.
1: Yeah. Where you could play him 10, 12 minutes, get him some real time. Those situations never happened, you know? And, um, that's, that's unfortunate because I, I do think that he had, um, he had a chance. Uh, but, um, if if that if it had been a more normal kind of setup then maybe he he could have made a move but uh they 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 still they are obviously seeing enough to suggest that they think they they need to find a way to get him some time and so it was good to see him even get a couple minutes Yeah.
0: uh so rebounding was the first key not great i mean it looks like i did the math here it was about 25% offensive rebounding rate for michigan state
1: yeah uh, but not but not Terrible they didn't get had, hammers i a, mean it, it's a um eh, yeah maryland had almost a 36 percent offensive rebounding rate that's too high if you're michigan state you want to be under 30 mm-hmm. is when you feel good about it i will say most of that damage came early it was kind of uh, similar to the turnover scenario we've seen in a lot of recent games where they just hemorrhage them early
0: uh-huh.
1: and then eventually settle in. That's how defensive rebounding went tonight. Early on, Maryland seemed to get a lot of second chances, and then it dried up. I mean, they, in a pure counting number sense, Michigan State actually out-rebounded them on the offensive end 11-10. Um, to 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Percentage-wise, uh, Maryland was a little better off. They had 10 offensive rebounds on 28 misses. Michigan State had 11 offensive rebounds on 32. So pretty close to even, but that's not, you know, your Michigan State and Maryland's not a great rebounding team. So it's a negative, but it wasn't the out-and-out disaster that we've seen in in some other games. And again, kind of a weird game because Maryland throws out these, these lineups that, you know, kind of force you to match up with them and it can, you know, size wise, it can impact these things. The ironic thing is I think Michigan state was pretty good on the defensive boards down the stretch. They had the one where uh, Malik couldn't control it and it was a team offensive rebound, but uh, you know, overall
0: they really, they took control of it a little bit better. Yeah. Yep. Um, Second key was transition.
1: Boy, there was nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing. I mean, I give them credit because, you know, this is a disjointed team kind of playing out the string. Every reason to think that they might be shoddy because doing that really takes, first of all, it takes having been scouted. Well, having a good plan put into place and then it it requires a lot of attention to detail and effort to execute it. You have got to be solid. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't think we'd see that from Maryland. And to the contrary, they were solid as hell. Um, really consistent Michigan State. It, it helped with Michigan State at times, especially early, struggled to get clean defensive rebounds. You know, that played in too. But um hats off to Maryland, they just shut it down. Mm-hmm. you know, and you go you go back one game to Michigan. MSU has 28 fast break points, lived in transition. this game zero it's It's clear that if you can keep Michigan State completely out of transition, which is far harder to do than it is to say. but if you can do that, you have a chance mm-hmm. you know
0: because yeah, this they had more shot attempts than Maryland. Um,
1: and only shot 41%. I mean, yeah, which is unusual. Yeah. I mean, it was not, it wasn't a disaster on the level of the Illinois game, but offensively they were not, they were not great. You know, they were okay.
0: Uh, and then turnovers, uh, gosh, we killed them in turnovers, 11 to 12.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess that's a win, right? Yeah, that's, so about the, the unfor- ki- that's about as un- much as they're going to kill somebody. Unfortunately, um, the second half was not as good as the first. They came into halftime with four mm-hmm. and then seven in the second half. Um, but I, I will say there weren't as many of the, you know, the ones where you just shaking your head. Yeah. And some of the turnovers in the second half were, were play like, you know, there was one where Malik was uh was backing his guy down and Russell had a dig down and 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 got the steal. Okay. You'd like Malik to be stronger with the ball, but that's a guy going out and making a play. You didn't just hand it to him. There were a couple of other plays where they were trying to find somebody. I know Tyson had one where he was I'm remembering oh, in the, the second game. half. He was trying to kick it into the corner and it got picked off. Um You know, I felt better about the nature of the turnovers they made tonight in the sense that at least it was Michigan State trying to make plays and Maryland made a defensive play. It wasn't as many of these, you know, what are they thinking? What are they doing? Mm -hmm. A.J. had the one, of course, where he you know threw it 30 feet in the air on a lob, but there weren't as many of those.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then defend
1: without fouling. Pretty good in the first half. (laughs) Yeah. second half again I'm gonna I'm gonna give Maryland some credit for redoubling their efforts to uh, take the ball hard at the basket and put officials in a spot where they have to make a call mm-hmm. uh, some of it was Michigan State not containing penetration as well as they had in the first half uh, and some of it was the officials getting baited into calling the game that way yeah but at, half a check mark. I mean, truthfully, Maryland, what did they attempt? They attempted twenty free throws in this game. Yeah, seventeen for twenty so okay, they shot really well, but they're a good free throw shooter. That's not actually a wild number. I think they shoot about 75 percent. So they were what, eighty five percent? They were a little better than normal, but that's a good free throw shooting team. Um I just wanna check real quick. Um their stats to see how this how this um lines up so on the year uh 449 divided by 22 yeah it was right about on their seasonal average Hmm. they averaged 20.4 free throw attempts per game and michigan state gave up 20 so it was kind of an average game in that respect uh again uh, disappointing in the second half pretty good in the first, so you kind of know, halfway there
0: yeah uh and then deep shooting michigan state thirty seven percent uh seven for nineteen, so they did get some fairly good amount of attempts. It was a
1: weird it felt like a weird game to me because they they when they got them they see it seemed to me like they got them in bunches. Like they would get on a roll, and they, like at the end of the first half, right? They pushed the lead out yeah. to ten. They got uh, consecutive threes in pretty short succession from Gabe and from Joey, right? Mm-hmm. And then Marky, it seemed like his two threes came relatively close to each other, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, it it didn't feel to me like they were shooting the three all that well, but you know, thirty seven percent, it's slightly under their average, but not bad. Mm-hmm. It just it was kind of a weird it's just kind of a weird to me it just felt like a weird a weird game to to get a, a handle on and um you know consequently it, it maybe was a better result than it felt like to me watching it when you look at the when you look at the uh the final tally i mean i would say by comparison maryland was only four for 17 from three so sub 25 percent um You know, it's funny, I I briefly listened, I made the mistake of (laughs) briefly listening to a discussion about this game in a gambling-oriented podcast on um, part of the Field of 68 network. Uh And one of these dopes was talking about how, well, you know, Michigan State's only giving up 29% uh, from three, you know, there's got to be a regression to the mean coming. Well, I understand the point generally, but the the other important part, which doesn't regress to the mean, is do you limit opponents from getting threes at all? Mm -hmm. And are you limiting the quality of the three-point shots that they're getting? And I would argue Michigan State absolutely has been very good in those areas all year long. Yeah. It was an example. Michigan was an example. You know, all year long we've had examples of it. So it was kind of a dopey, you know, some, sometimes <laughs> some of these guys, uh, well, know. you. If you're not watching they're the not, games, you really correct, know, aren't going to know. Correct. It's a, it's, it's a numbers based analysis, which certainly we use a lot of is important. Definitely has meaning, but that, that comment was an example. I, I just used tonight's performance as a launching pad for this, that was an example of something, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I can understand the point in, in in this sense. You could have a game, a random game, come up where you're limiting the opponent's quality looks and they're just hitting them. Yeah. That can happen. For sure. That can happen. But this idea that there's going to be some regression to the mean, and all of a sudden we're going to see several teams shoot, you know, 35 plus. three against them I don't know that I expect that I'll see that Mm -hmm. not with the way they defend either in terms of quality or strategically because it's both you know we know Michigan State is not going to sell out no matter what kind of post game you've got to allow for a bunch of wide open kicks for three yeah out of a post now if you're getting great penetration maybe you get some Um, If you run great ball screen action, you happen to have a guard who's a weapon, you know, Cassius Winston type off the dribble. I don't see a lot of those right now, but if you do, okay, maybe you'll get good looks that way. But it's going to take something really unusual to get good looks against Michigan State. So, no, I don't think there's some inevitable regression to the mean coming in that area. And, you know, tonight, four for 17. Mm-hmm. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, chief. <laughs>
0: I, mean, I really, and the only one that made it was the one that the guy that isn't supposed to at 21%. <laughs> he hit two of them tonight. Who's uh, who Russell.
1: Right, right. Yeah, he did. When the one was, the one was an example of them doing something that they don't do. Mm-hmm. And which we talked about was Tyson Walker kind of half looking to dig and getting caught. in No man's land. That's not, I, I don't know if he was freelancing or if they had something where in that, in that period of the game, given the – I mean, I think it was Malik guarding Dante Scott. If they decided, hey, Scott's wearing us out, if they get the ball to him in the post and it's one-on-one, dig. Yeah. you know, Maybe it was a change in that scenario, but um, I kind of doubt it. And it's certainly not something they're going to do with regularity. I mean, you know, no. And no matter who it is, Coburn, Purdue's guys – they're not going to do that, mm-hmm. and so and Tyson was- Walker is a good
0: digger too. He is, he
1: is. I think the problem there was he just didn't commit. Mm-hmm. If he commits, maybe he strips him, or maybe he causes he causes Scott. Scott makes the pass, but it's off target. Uh-huh. You know, and Russell isn't as easily able to get right into a shot. Instead, it was it was the worst of both worlds, and it just set up a very easy kick and and release on the shot. Um, but, uh, but generally speaking, no, Michigan says that kind of, as you're alluding to, if a guy who's shooting like that happens to hit a couple, okay. Yeah. You know, strategically, you're getting what you want. You're getting a poor shooter to take a shot. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got to live with that because you can't stop everything at all times. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, uh, next one up on the, on the list is Rutgers, um, who, Actually, they lost tonight
1: against Northwestern. They lost in overtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not a shocker. Uh, you know, Northwestern. I actually think you can make a case that Northwestern is better than two or three teams. I had a Like I'll put it to you this way: If I got to play a game tomorrow and say, who's the softer touch? Who's the team I would want to see to play against if I got to win a game? Northwestern or Iowa? I would take Iowa. I think Iowa's the worst team. Standings don't say that just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and the metrics don't either. But my eye tells me that's true. Northwestern has been so competitive in so many games, and they just can't find they were against Illinois this weekend. Yeah. And they just can't find a way to close it out. Even their win against Michigan State. If you remember on a day when MSU was horrible, Northwestern did everything they could to keep Michigan state alive. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, (laughs) everything, including fouling Bainham on an inbound play with (laughs) less than a second left. I mean, that has just been their MO. It is not that they are a bad team. It's that they don't know how to win. So for them to get an overtime win now, maybe they screwed it out. Obviously I didn't see any of the game because it was going on at the same time as, as MSU's game. But uh, I did see the scores flashing, and they were in the lead fairly late. So Rutgers must have done something to get it into OT. So you wonder if Northwestern kind of came close to coughing up the bit again. Mm -hmm. But they won it. They got it done. So, um, yeah, Rutgers, I I think Rutgers at this point, it's kind of over for them, despite the fact that their Big Ten record is pretty good. Uh, when you look at their metrics you look at where they are in the net they are nowhere even remotely close to tournament bid territory despite the fact that I, I think they're now five and five in the league mm. so the record in the conference is okay they had a terrible non-conference um, their schedule gets tougher from here in the league well actually they're so six and four now they're six oh they were six and three before tonight no they gotta be six and five.
0: Oh yeah, this probably hasn't updated yet.
1: Yeah, yeah six they're and, probably six yeah. and five. Okay, so yeah, so winning record, but they're honestly, you look at their net, and I think they're outside the top one hundred if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So they're nowhere close. I mean, you'd have to be right now if if you were them, the worst spot you could probably be in would be somewhere in the fifties and feel like you had a fighting chance. So they're they're not going anywhere. Um, that said, there are a lot of veterans on that team they're at home and that building has been a tough one Michigan State has not played well generally speaking in that building I mean even yeah. when they had bad teams I and the pike it's always era, been a rock fight least. in the yeah in the pike era, they have not they have not had easy games um, you know uh, so I expect it's another one different kind of game in some ways but similar to this overall where the objective is just to look, just get out of there with a win. Don't worry about style points. Don't worry about, you know, it's not going to look pretty, most likely, you know, all that stuff. Just get a win, and you can feel good about that if you come out of it. This This is a week, as I think we mentioned, coming out of the Michigan game. This is the kind of week where if you are truly a title contender, if you are a team that is going to be in the mix at the end of this month, you win these games. Mm-hmm. They are not going to be easy. You're not going to get credit for winning them because people look at the records of these teams and they think, well, that should be a walkover, and usually it isn't, like tonight yeah. wasn't. Um, but I'm telling you, they are challenging. They are road wins are hard to get. And let's not forget, Michigan State right now is, what are they? Are they th- So they won at Minnesota. They won at Northwestern. They won this game. They lost at Illinois. Is that it for road games? Am I forgetting uh, a road game in there? Well, we had the Wisconsin win, Illinois. Oh, Wisconsin. They're 4-1 Wisconsin- on the road. Mm-hmm. They are 4-1 on the road right now. So halfway through their road slate, they're 4-1. And, and and honestly, though, though it's always difficult, again, to, to win any road game in this conference, They go to Columbus. They'll be an underdog there, but you know they're at Rutgers. I think they're at Penn State. Yep, at Iowa, and at Iowa, they can very realistically, if they do what they're capable of doing, they could be looking at an eight and two road record without much difficulty. You know, they're going to be the favorites in all of those. I suspect in all of those games except Ohio State, and they certainly could beat Ohio State on the road too, but. I, I do think that's something else, maybe that's not getting a lot of attention for this Michigan State team right now. That that maybe should get a little more, which is, you know, their play on the road. This is this I've, is a good road basketball team, and they also beat Butler in a true road game in the non-conference. So they're five and one on the season in I, true road games.
0: I'm looking down the list here, and I see Michigan on the schedule.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot. You're right. You're right. Tuesday, so March
0: first, got... they at Michigan, and then they turn right around on Thursday and go to Columbus.
1: I forgot. I forgot, and that's. I'm glad you brought this up because this happened yesterday. Um, so let's spend a minute talking about that. You're absolutely right. And and if I remember correctly, two days before Michigan is the home game against Purdue. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. So this good. is a very condensed. This is exactly what Tom Izzo said he didn't want to have to deal with. Um, my understanding is he was um, very unhappy about the prospect of that, much more so than he's let on. And he won't—he won't let on. He's not going to talk about it all that much. He's going to—you know—he's going to talk about wanting to win the games and they got to play them the way they're scheduled. and They don't have control over that. All of which is true, but Big Ten office is just a joke. This game shouldn't be played. And and that's, you know, it is, and that's fine, and so you got to go win it. And it's not that I'm afraid of Michigan State going out and losing it, but you look at that schedule. How is that fair to Michigan State to yeah. play that, you know?
0: Because they um, have three home games. They play Illinois at home on Sunday, and then they play Michigan State on Tuesday at home, and then Thursday they play Iowa at home.
1: So they've, so they've got they the got same th- – they got the same thing. It's not that they have an advantage. But you know what? I don't give a shit what Michigan's schedule is. I care about Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And and down the stretch, you know, this is right at the tail end of the season. You don't you don't want to be in that position where you're having to play in these short turnarounds. You know, and you could say, well, Michigan State's better built for it than most other teams because of their depth. And that's true. But I still don't want it. It's still unfair to them. You know, and and again, we go back to we go back to what causes all of this. And, you know, I'll I'll reiterate, my position is not that I question whether Michigan manufactured positive COVID test results or not. I don't think they did that. But there were a lot of things that did not get aired, Mm. that, that, that they were very they've been very opaque about their what their protocol is, why they didn't have everybody boosted. How they are treating close contacts. You know, their protocol, they, my understanding now, after having gone through all of that and asked around a little bit and read some stuff, it appears that that is institution by institution. So, okay, Michigan's got a protocol. What is it? What happened? We're never going to find out. They're never going to talk about it. It's in the rearview mirror and now the game's rescheduled. We're never going to know. But I would submit that. When you are that uh, unwilling to be transparent about these things, you feed into people assuming the worst. And I do, to some extent, assume the worst because they've earned it. Yeah. Yeah. They've played games with this stuff, you know, in all of their major sports. They've played games with this stuff. That's the general perception, whether it's true or not. That is the perception. And, and so, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought it up, though, because we hadn't mentioned it. And uh, it is rescheduled. It's a Tuesday. Here's the other thing I don't understand. Game tips at 830. Yeah. Which is not, it's not uh, not to be all and end all, but I'm, as someone who's going to go to that game, who has a ticket for it. Why? Uh, I mean, why? Why? <laughs> why? Why is it a 7 o'clock window? There, there's another game that night, which is at 9. So I don't know if it has to be a network thing. I just don't know which network it is and and, and why. But uh, why they're they're going through that. But I didn't understand the eight thirty tip time. That's an unusual, a very unusual window for a Big Ten game to be taking place in. Weekday nights, it's it's normally it's seven and nine. Occasionally you get a six thirty start, mm-hmm. uh, but eight thirty is a weird one. I'm not sure why. I'm sure there's a reason for it. And and the the reason I bring it up is. This is as opposed to the first game, which was an afternoon game in Ann Arbor on a Saturday. Now you've got an eight thirty start on, on a, Tuesday. a Tuesday. That is a very different thing.
0: Yeah, because so that thing fans. you're done with that thing by eleven eleven thirty at night. But then you got Ohio State on Thursday. So I highly doubt right. they're going to go back to East Lansing uh late well, late bet they do. tuesday I'll night I bet
1: they do i'll bet they do i'll bet they do man yeah because you figure you get you figure people are back in their are back in their apartments by maybe 132
0: yeah
1: they'll they'll go back but it's but you're right it's still you know every bit counts and so it's it's like you sometimes see coming out of these holiday tournaments where like, well, we've got the late game on, on Wednesday and then Thursday, we've got the noon tip. So he had 12 hours really between, you know, that happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. And um, it's kind of not quite that drastic, but it's kind of that scenario. Um, Yeah. I, I just, I don't like it. I, I don't think the game needed to be played. I don't think it should have been played. It's being played. So Nobody's got to worry about, well, what happens if Michigan State loses the Big Ten by half a game? It's not in the cards now. Or they're playing it. And it, it does seem to me, by the way, which is something else we haven't talked about lately, we're not seeing very many games getting canceled anymore. We seem, we seem to be through that with, with Omicron, which is suggested in the statistics. I mean, cases are, are clearly on a national basis, at least, or on the downward slope. Um, so hopefully that means we're not going to see any further disruptions as we move through this month, then into the tournament. But, um, yeah, in any event, it is back on the schedule. So that's another road game. Michigan state's got to win, but that's, again, that's one that, you know, you look at it and you think, well, they can probably win that one.
0: (laughs) As I'm watching Nebraska down three at home in Michigan in the second half (laughs) at Chrysler
1: yeah um interesting, but anyway, so we'll we'll deal with all that as we go, but my my take on it is unchanged from where I've been since all this happened i just i don't think it's I don't think it's fair to play that game you know in the in the in the manner that it's being played in to ram all those games yeah. uh into that shorter period of time. I don't like it I don't think it's I don't think it does much good for anybody. Except, um, savings you know, financially, yeah. financially, yeah. Uh, right. other than that, competitively, I don't think it's good.
0: All right, well, we'll leave it at that, um, and get the preview up for Rutgers here in the next few days. Until then, the final four is not on the schedule.